and welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage firms in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Hurley, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Ahmad Shafiq Jafar, co-founder and head of strategy at Iranoa, managing company of the Nanka plant-based brand. Nanka specializes in using jackfruit as a base to make alternative plant-based and hybrid meat products that are currently already being sold in Malaysia. So hello, Shafiq. Welcome to the podcast, first of all, and thank you so much for joining me today. No worries, Pearly. Thank you for having me. Really great to have you here. And I think the first thing that you know we should talk about is, of course, jackfruit. So why choose jackfruit as the center of the bread, you know, from the name to the ingredient, you know, and to make up your alternative meat products? From a traditional or cultural point of view, uh, jackfruit has always been uh, an ingredient. You know, it's just a normal ingredient that has been used in traditional meal prepared in uh, in the Malay culture and Indian culture, right? And then this is something that you know doesn't come as a very weird idea. It's just like another vegetable that we use in our cooking. Uh, jackfruit has this um, really uh, stringy and and you know hello structure that you can actually um, use that to the advantage of absorbing all the flavors. And then there's this texture that you know that springy texture that mimics that um, sensation when you actually bite into meat. We embarked upon that you know why not we take this up one notch uh, up and get it into a form of plant-based meat and you know, something that is convenient for people to actually enjoy, which is in burger patties. Cool. So I am also curious, how do the sustainability credentials of jackfruit measure up to other plant-based ingredients that are being used to make meat alternatives? You know, and what about, what about price, especially? You know, is jackfruit comparably cheaper to others? Um, jackfruit has so much uh, other advantages that... Uh, are not typically you know, available in other plant-based meat ingredients. Typically, you know, the majority that is being used out there is actually soy. First of all, we don't have soy here planted here in Malaysia. It's all imported. And um, about 80% soy that is traded in the world market is actually GMO. Jackfruit is available abundantly here in Malaysia. Um, it's not being traded in the world market. We are not bound by the so-called, you know, international market prices. Malaysia has actually recognized jackfruit as the one of the commercial fruits for exports. Mm. So there's so many plantation, so many genotypes and, and breeds that we can actually, you know, have the, uh, the luxury to choose from. And because of this, it's available, uh, again, abundantly at a, a very competitive price. If you want to compare to the other ingredients like, like soy, like, like peas, like um, um, microprotein uh, from fungus, uh, a large chunk of them actually imported. So we have that price advantage, mm. at least for jackfruit. Do you feel that sustainability is a big driver for the plant-based sector in Malaysia you know, at the moment? Or... Do you think other things such as like, you know, health and wellness, is it that, are those more important drivers in Malaysia? I, I can tell you right away, Pearly, Malaysia is a trend follower. We are not trendsetter, mm-hmm. right? So uh, even, even we came a bit late into the health and, you know, awareness kind of thing, Malaysians, we really love our food, right? We re- really love our food, oily, you know, as fatty as possible, <laughs> 
with all the sugars and all that. So um, I think the the health and and the wellness uh, has actually become really really strong for the you know for the past few years, especially with the onset of the pandemic. So it's uh, it's much more stronger for us to take that position mm. as opposed to sustainability. If you really want to promote the Malaysians, particularly on sustainability, yeah, there are several quarters that are very you know concerned about it, but largely. Honestly, not so much. In addition to that, Malaysia is also quite a price-driven market. So, you know, I'm very curious about your plans in in, in regarding price parity. You know, how low are you aiming to bring your prices down to eventually? I can say safely that we are cheaper than the rest of them, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because we started with this vision of democratizing the space. We want plant-based meat to be able to be enjoyed by the whole plethora of the Malaysian different levels of society. We don't even want to actually maintain this premium positioning forever. But of course, we are a startup. You know, we have invested in a lot of R&D to develop this product with a lot of attention to keeping it as natural as possible, as minimally processed as possible. And this takes a lot of resources. Um, In terms of price parity, if you really want to compare it to the traditional animal-based meat, we are about 20%, 25% away from achieving that price parity from mm. a typical meat-based products. And already we have surpassed that, you know, um, price, price competitiveness compared to the other plant-based meat products. So it's all about, you know, just getting more people to come in, enjoy our products. We get to you know, scale up further, pushing down the cost even further and make it available for everyone. Pranaka, in addition to regular plant-based meats, you guys also make hybrid products with conventional chicken, conventional beef. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty niche, I think, in Malaysia. So what made you go down the hybrid products path, you know, as opposed to focusing solely on plant-based? That's all the rage at the moment. When we actually stumble upon this technology, it's actually developed by International Islamic University here in Malaysia. Mm. And um, when we first came, discovered this tech, they only came about reaching that hybrid uh, formulation, you know, mixing jackfruit with other animal-based meats, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it is only with our own R&D team, internal R&D, uh, we actually managed to perfect the formulation, the 100% plant-based meat, which is actually jackfruit uh, mixed with uh, grey oyster mushrooms. Like I said, um, Malaysians, really, we really love our food with all these fatty stuff, right? And, and a lot of them actually encompasses animal meats. So we were thinking, at least we got to have give them an opportunity to mm-hmm. try this out. Okay, if you really want to enjoy still your meat, your animal meat, at least consume it sparingly with um, sustainable consumerism. When they actually tried that, hey, this mix uh, jackfruit with chicken or mix jackfruit with beef does actually taste like the real deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe, even maybe, we can actually shift to the 100% plant-based diet. Uh, we, we see it as like a, a platform. Mm-hmm. Let me just, just try. It is more like a you know, trial, try-out opportunity for them in, in a way. Um, now we've talked a lot about you know, the firm, talked about the industry. So I'd like to find out a bit more now about your own entrepreneurship path. You know, I understand you have an extensive background in pharma and project management. So 
how did you find right. yourself here, you know, as a food entrepreneur? You know, when I first took the plunge into, um, you know, uh, from working nine to five in, in pharmaceutical industry, you know, and then uh, set out my first venture was into consultancy. I thought that I had this, you know, talent of um, connecting people, bridging people from what they want and the resources available out there. And, and that, what, that is what I've been doing anyway in business development in pharmaceuticals. And at the top of my consultancy so-called venture, um, I was servicing five clients at, at one time. I was uh, really like, you know, uh, working almost 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, really enjoying that. But service business was something that is quite hard to scale. You will need to find talent that can match us up to you, you know, have that so-called ability as well. So um, I was you know, introduced to this technology and, and food technology here in Malaysia was almost unheard of. We were just, you know, getting what we uh, heard about food tech from the bigger companies, from Nestle. Um, I finally took that, that, that plunge, much to the chagrin of my parents. You've been studying in a good university, in accounting. I told you to take up chartered accountancy. Why don't you do this? I, I still remember my father was like, you, you are doing something that is out of the norm. How can you feed your wife and kids? And, and really, at, at a point of time, it's like, I was too late to the game already. I was already married, right? I was already having a daughter. And of course, this naturally, my parents are you know, worried about yeah. this. Mm-hmm. But but luckily I have such a supportive wife. Mm-hmm. At a point of time, she's still you know not working. Um, and when we actually when I took actually took the, the plunge into this doing this over the years, when my wife sees that the business is progressing, I said you know I really need somebody that I can trust to help me out here. Mm-hmm. I can't be doing this alone anymore, right? And then she said, okay, call me in. So she's in charge of. Um, uh, production and R&D, and mm-hmm. so I'm in charge of development and strategy. So mm-hmm. it, it comes in such a nice way for us to we really, you know, work together um, and chasing this dream together. What, you know, has struck you as the main differences between the pharma industry you were in previously and the food industry that you are in now? You know, what are the main differences right. you see? I think this is a very good question, Pearly. You just, you know, you really stuck the goal here because because what I've seen when I was during my 15 years in, in, in pharma industry, the, the big pharma, the, as they call it, right, with a lot of conspiracies, mm-hmm. with a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> politics and all that, mm-hmm. they, they profit from people's lackadaisical take on their health. I've seen so many <clears throat> situations where people could actually just a little bit more, you know, proactive in, in, in their diets, they, they, they pay more attention into what they put inside their body. People would have just avoided all these expensive drugs, expensive mm-hmm. surgeries. I'm a firm believer from when I see what I've seen experienced in, in the pharmaceutical industry, food is definitely something that you should pay attention to. So when, when, when I came into that, okay, what kind of business I want to I start? I want to start something that I can provide value to other people. Mm-hmm. using my you know pharmaceutical health and wellness background so and, and also something that people enjoy mm-hmm. so, so food food is definitely it basically uh, I think food is just a natural extension to that from that pharmaceutical to food 
it's just a natural uh, uh, logical extension to it. When you mentioned, you know, making the plunge, you know, when you entered this sort of like food entrepreneurship uh, earlier. So right. what were some of the challenges that you experienced when making this huge switch? Uh, when you talk about, you know, creating plant-based meat, you know, using food technology, we are just nowhere near food tech at all, right? Both me and my wife. Mm. I'm, I was trained to be an accountant. My wife was trained to be an accountant. Nowhere near, you know, uh, this technology revolving uh, food. So uh, there was a little bit of uh, catching up uh, mm-hmm. to do in terms of understanding the technology. I admitted, you know, uh, that there was a lot of terms that we didn't really understand. Um, and, and luckily, there were we were surrounded by people that, you know, are able to um, dedicate a little bit of their time explaining to us what these are about, right? Especially with the academia here in Malaysia. They, they sort of give us, give us this, uh, you know, fast track course on food tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but of course, you know, you can only learn so much uh, mm-hmm. hearing about it. Right now, uh, my wife, uh, Amira, is uh, taking a proactive uh, measures. She's actually taking masters in, in food tech. Ah. With mm-hmm. with uh, University Putra Malaysia UPM, mm-hmm. um, we gotta keep it internal. We, we gotta internalize all this knowledge, yeah. right? We gotta make it like um, something that is part of the company culture as well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, by end of the course, we can just you know f- um, really speed up our R and D uh, processes, coming mm-hmm. up with a lot more interesting products. Where do you see yourself and Nanka? You know, in the next perhaps twelve months, perhaps five years down the line. Um, in the next 12 months, definitely they, they, we have like a, a, a pipeline of products we have arranged. Mm. Uh, even like, you know, a lot of startups, uh, plant, uh, cultured meat startups, plant-based mm. meat startups are throwing their products at us. Hey, let's do something together, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and then there were, there are also uh, universities, academias also wanting to work with us as well. You know, throwing at us like these really funky ingredients we have also been approached by um, companies that are wanting to actually take our products out into the international market. Uh, we are looking at Japan, we're looking at Singapore, we're looking at Australia, we're looking at Indonesia and India. So there's a lot of markets that we are looking at. So yeah, we, we are also looking at um, trying to scale this up as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of them actually using uh, this particular technology called extrusion technology, ah, yes. where it's mm. actually very expensive, and they can you know only set it set it up like perhaps like one facility maybe a few years and then another facility in in, in a few years uh, down the road, right? But in our case, because our uh, IP, our intellectual property is revolving around the formulation of that of mm. our products, right? We can actually scale it up faster than any other companies, I believe. Uh, in the space so where there is actually uh, a demand for it and and a good access to to you know um, a stable supply of jackfruit mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to have uh, even you know a jackfruit plantation in, in the country we can set it up in US in mm-hmm. the four seasons country right so so we believe that uh, we are we can scale this up uh, very fast in in, in in partnerships with other uh, entrepreneurs outside uh, of Malaysia we can do it in terms of licensing or franchise or, or no, right? Uh, so it's, it's something that we can replicate, duplicate 
instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Do you also have any advice for those out there who are trying to move oh. into entrepreneurship like you have, you know, make such a huge leap from one industry to another? Having some sort of a plan is, is good, but mm -hmm. um, really comprehensive plan that covers a lot of areas in your life is uh, definitely something that, you know, keeps you at least uh, be able to anticipate what is coming when you are about to embark on this, you know, adventurous, uh, perilous uh, <laughs> entrepreneurship uh, lifestyle. It's, it's actually a lifestyle, right? It's mm -hmm. not just something that, okay, I want to do, I want to jump into entrepreneurship because I want to make money. Um, again, a very comprehensive plan, something like, you know, how, the, how do I sustain myself mm -hmm. in the next few months? years I, I would advise if you want to embark upon this you know adventure do it before you get you got married married <laughs> <laughs> where you, you only you have got yourself to, to, to mm. you know really try it out mm -hmm. it's more for you know to to see whether this lifestyle actually fits you and then having that that goal having that mission what is it that you really want uh, to achieve passive income active income, so there's a lot of uh, business opportunities out there. So you really have to see what kind of goal, what kind of objective you, you want to achieve. Thank you so much for joining me today, Shafiq. It was really wonderful to catch up with you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Brilli. Thank you again. And thank you also, everyone, for listening to this podcast as well. And I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Living in Asia, this is Brilli, signing out.